This is a moment in Jewish history. Israeli municipal elections are coming up, and this is an opportunity to explore elections of the past. Every five years, cities and municipalities vote for mayor and city council throughout Israel. This year, the election has been postponed twice due to Operation Iron Swords. This was done in the past for the 1973 Knesset elections due to the Yom Kippur War. Israel's first-ever elections were also postponed in 1948 due to war. Israel's Declaration of Independence called for a set date for the first elections, but the surrounding Arab countries invaded the newly established nation. Israel's first elections were finally held in 1949. Here is a description of Israel's first elections from the Jewish Telegraphic Agency. In brilliant sunshine and in a quiet holiday atmosphere, Jews and Arabs throughout Israel cast their votes today for the first national election since the establishment of the Jewish state. Long queues of voters lined up from the early morning hours before the thousands of polling stations throughout the country. Premier David Ben-Gurion and his wife were among the early voters at a station in northern Tel Aviv. In Arab-populated areas, separate lines were formed in front of the polling stations by Arab women. This was the first time in the life of the Arab women that they had been permitted to cast their ballots. For many Arab men, it was also the first time that they were participating in elections. Orthodox voters recited Shechechianu when they cast their ballots in the first election of the Jewish state. In Jaffa, Arab propagandists appealed to Arabs to cast their ballots for the sternest ticket, which lists the Arab leader Abu Ghosh as a candidate for the Israeli National Assembly. A large group of Druze were among the voters in villages near Haifa. A more personal description of the first elections can be found in the book The Diary of a Mukhtar of Jerusalem, the writings of Rabbi Moshe Yakutiel Alpert. Born in Israel, Rabbi Alpert taught at the prestigious Eitz Chaim Yeshiva in Jerusalem. In 1949, he wrote the following. At 5.35 a.m., my wife and I got up early, as did my brother, my brother-in-law, and my son Dove. After we drank a quick cup of coffee, we dressed in our Shabbat clothes in honor of this great and holy day, for which we recite, This is the day proclaimed by God, let us rejoice and be happy. After 2,000 years of exile, actually since the six days of creation, we have never had an opportunity as today, that we can go and vote in a Jewish state. Blessed be he that he has enabled us to live and see this day. My son Dove left the house at 5.45 and went off because he's a big supporter of the Heirut party and didn't return until night. My wife and I and my brother and brother-in-law went to the voting station of District 10, holding our State of Israel-issued identity cards in our hands. We walked the short distance from our house to the poll with great joy. We are currently living downstairs from the Goldschmidt family, since our house in Beit Yisrael had been hit by a rocket and was being repaired. That is why we were assigned to this station. All the way to the polling station, I felt like on Simchat Torah, when we dance with the Torah, but instead of a scroll, I held my Israeli ID card in my hand. You can't imagine the happiness and joy I felt. At 5.50 a.m., we came to the building and were the first ones there. 
The janitor brought the ballot box, and the chairman called me and my brother over to honor the elderly and asked us to witness the fact that the box was indeed empty and observe its sealing. The chairman said, since I was the oldest person there, I would have the privilege of being the first voter. Quivering with emotion of awe and sanctity, I gave the chairman my identity card. He gave me an envelope, and I went into the closed-off area where all the party letters were placed. With a shaking hand and a feeling of holiness, I chose a note marked BET, the United Religious Party's letter, and placed it carefully in the envelope and returned to the polling station. And then, at the moment of greatest exhilaration, a moment that neither my father nor my grandfather nor any of my ancestors experienced, I recited the Shechachianu blessing and carefully placed the envelope in the ballot box. Blessed am I, and blessed is my portion. I shook the chairman's hand heartily and the other committee members' hands as well and went off to pray. A great holiday indeed. The following is from British Movie Tone and British Pathé. The printing of posters was an important part of Israel's first election campaign. 1,200 candidates from 21 parties to be chosen for 120 seats by an electorate of under half a million. The campaign is reported as being a pretty noisy affair, but that was quite natural on such an exciting occasion. All shades of opinion, from the United Religious Front to the Communist Party, had to be expounded by loudspeaker and by poster. Anyone, Jew, Christian or Muslim, could vote. Proportional representation is the system. Israel's first general election became a matter of some importance. For the voters, many of whom are refugees from Europe, it is the first free election they have ever experienced. David Ben-Gurion, head of the Mapai Party, became Israel's first prime minister. Voter turnout was over 86%. Many colorful political parties and elected officials ran in the first election. The party described by Rabbi Alpert in his memoirs as Bet was the United Religious Front. It became the third largest following Ben-Gurion's Mapai and the similar Mapam, which later joined forces to become the Labor Party. The United Religious Front was headed by Rabbi Yehuda Lieb Fishman, who later became Yehuda Lieb Maimon. He was one of the founders of the Mizrahi movement in 1902 and was arrested several times for Zionist activity by the Russian authorities. In 1946, he was imprisoned by the British in Latrun. The British detained him on Shabbat, and he refused to ride in a vehicle and offered instead to walk to the nearby police station. The British refused his offer and forced him into the car. Maimon helped draft Israel's Declaration of Independence and was one of its signers. He attempted to get his friend David Ben-Gurion to add the words, Trust in the God of Israel to the Declaration, but the committee opted for a compromise with the secular members, and it says today, Trust in the Rock of Israel, which could be interpreted in both a religious and secular sense. Other notable parties were Menachem Begin's Herut Party, the fourth largest, and the Israeli Communist Party, which won one seat in the Knesset plenum. Another party was the Yemenites Association, headed by Zakharia Glaska. The party's roots went back to the 1920s as the Association of Yemenis in Israel, which had delegates in the World Zionist Congress and the Provisional State Council when the British still controlled the land of Israel. 
The Democratic List of Nazareth was headed by Saif el-Din el-Zuabi, who was a member of the Knesset until 1979. Before the establishment of the state, he worked in the Haganah's news service. The party's other leader was Amin Salim Jarjora, who was born in Nazareth to a Christian Arab family and attended law school in Jerusalem. He served in the Ottoman army during World War I and later became mayor of Nazareth. The WIZO, the Women's International Zionist Organization, was founded in 1920 in England and had delegates in the Zionist movement. Before Israel's independence, Rachel Lubarsky, later Rachel Cohen-Kagan, represented WIZO in the Provisional State Council. She was later elected in the first Knesset. She was a signer of the Declaration of Independence and wrote about the historic moment as follows. The voice that read the text was David Ben-Gurion's familiar voice. The words were familiar, the surrounding faces also familiar, and yet it was impossible to perceive that all of this was happening in reality. From that day, I began to understand Chagall. His floating figures began to speak to my heart. It was clear to me why a bride and groom float in Chagall's pictures in the air, above rooftops, because I myself experienced a similar experience. In moments when a person feels that a dream becomes reality and joy fills his heart, they are able to soar above the rooftops. To this day, it is difficult for me to put into words my feelings on that day. My lips and perhaps human language in general are too poor. I think that only music and art can give a proper expression. The fighters list was headed by Nathan Friedman, later Nathan Yellen Moore, former head of the Lehi, the Fighters for the Freedom of Israel, an underground militant group dedicated to pushing the British out of Israel. He took over the Lehi after its founder, Avraham Stern, was killed by British police and led the group with Professor Israel Eldad and Yitzhak Shamir. Yellen Moore was a wanted man by the British and once escaped from the detention camp in Latrun. His time in Knesset was short-lived. Professor Eldad turned to writing and teaching. Yitzhak Shamir joined the Mossad Secret Service and in the 1980s became Prime Minister, sharing the role with Shimon Peres when their election came out a tie. But that is a story for another time. This has been a moment in Jewish history. For past shows, you can visit benbreski.substack.com. Thank you to all the listeners, and Shalom. <laughs>